Welcome to Suburban Warrior, the podcast that will impact, inspire, and empower you to transform your mindset and become the badass warrior that you are. I'm your host and fellow warrior, Chrissy Pfeiffer, former clinician and corporate marketing exec turned multi-passionate entrepreneur, performance and life coach, and mom to four not-so-little warriors. Each week, I will bring you honest conversations with inspiring guests to share their stories of resilience, optimism, success, and simple yet effective strategies so that you transform your thoughts and change your behavior to get the results you want in your life. You will be empowered to take action, warrior up, and believe in you. Let's do this. What's up, Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of the Suburban Warrior Podcast. Um, I don't know about you, but I know for myself, I have been on a wellness journey for many, many years now. And the one thing that I can tell you about what I've learned is that the food that we eat is what it's all about. Um, and, And the saying that you are what you eat is like, really, really true. And I have been gluten-free for a long time. You know, I've tried, I'm dairy-free, but I've tried vegan. I do intermittent fasting. I've tried cutting out certain, you know, things in my diet, this and that, like we all have, like on and on the the list goes. But I think what we really need to learn is that through it all, we truly are what we eat and that food matters and food is medicine. And, you know, all of our bodies are different. So it's not like one size fits all, right? But you need to eat what works for you and um, to truly, you know, fuel that beautiful body of yours. So that's why I'm really excited to introduce my fabulous guest today. Um, she, her name is Meredith Coyle. And she decided to follow in her family's long history of revolutionizing the food industry. Growing up, her parents, Richard and Irene Coyle, owned over 28 restaurants, bringing trends from all over the world to our area. In 1992, Meredith returned home from graduate school to help her ailing father, and what transpired in the following years was many versions of fresh ideas, and ultimately Meredith's restaurant and Meredith's catering. Having had the industry in her bones, Meredith quickly established a reputation as being simply the best. Due to a partner and business separation in 2010, Meredith changed the name of her business to Anew, which means beyond compare, but never changed the integrity of the business and the execution of her food. And what I can tell you what's amazing about Anew is that it stands out because they are always following food and health trends, not only in the food industry, but in the entire wellness industry. Uh, They take their time to design every single menu to fit the needs and dietary restrictions of their clients and believe that every event is unique and food should be too. Uh, Their food is natural, organic when possible, whole, fresh, and prepared daily. You will not find one item from a news kitchen that is not made from scratch. So welcome to the podcast, Meredith. (laughs) Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm really, really glad to have you here as well, because I've known you for a really long time, and I know how extremely knowledgeable you are about food. I know that you've shared, you know, you've shared your story with me um, about your whole food journey and why it's so important to you and why you do what you do and why you're 
a nutritionist and that you just, you know, it's been very personal for you, not only because you grew up with food in your life, but for your own health and wellness journey. So I'm super excited for everyone to learn from you what I've learned. So let's get right into it. Start by telling us why, you know, you went on really this clean food journey. So it's it's multifaceted, to be honest, like anything is. I did grow up in the food business, but my parents were really excited for my brother and myself not to get involved in the food business. Uh, so we went off and I became a social worker and was in graduate school and my dad got sick and I came home. I had been taking some nutrition courses and things in, in college and loved it and sort of felt the need to be around it. My dad got sick and I came home and ran one of his first restaurants. And one of my really great friends, uh, her name is Sue Jaquette. She's also a cool warrior, does a lot of things. Um, she was desperately sick from Hashimoto's, like in bed 18 of 24 hours a day. And I said to her, you know, I've read some of these things. Now this was years ago, right? Nobody knew about food. Nobody knew that, that food is absolutely the medicine or the poison in our bodies. And um, she, she had no idea. She was really healthy, really fit, but she was so sick. And so I said to her, you know, have you ever thought about food? And I took a couple of courses at, at Delaware and, you know, she's like, I, I don't know much about that. And so we both went on this journey together and through food, literally this woman who was in bed for 18 hours a day with aches and pains and fatigue and brain fog and all of those things that we now know are caused by, you know, the horrible way that our food is processed in this world. Literally, she gave up everything and took an elimination diet and changed her life and saved her life. And so to me, it was the most exciting thing that I had ever seen. And so I sort of took a deep dive and I went back to school to become an integrative nutritionist, uh, not a dietitian because it's, it's really hard, right? As a dietitian or a, a standard nutritionist, you work from the government's food plate, which promotes gluten and dairy and all of the things that when you go to an integrative uh, thought process, I guess for lack of better words, you realize that those things and the way those animals and, and the way the processing of food happens are, are become a little political and therefore you can't quite follow that, that realm. So anyway, so long story short, I went to school uh, to become an integrated nutritionist and realized I needed to go a little further. And then I became a vegan chef. I became certified as a vegan chef because when you, you start looking at what it is that's hurting us, I mean, basically you could just stop eating. But for me, I have, I mean, truly, it's right? so true. I mean, it's really hard. <laughs> it's scary because every time you turn around, so, so I was getting tangled and tangled and tangled. And the way I untangled it was to really go to a whole food unprocessed way of living. And what that looked like for me was anything that was grown sustainably, whole food, organic when possible. I mean, that's another long conversation I'm sure we don't have time for. We, um, or I, started promoting. And I promoted it in my business first. I, I went and got these certifications and took it to my customers who I, were, I was watching getting sicker and sicker. They were eating food, having no idea. I mean, you, talk, you hear about all of these sicknesses 
that people have the you know, the executive diet. And like you said in the beginning, you've got all of these different things that you've tried and you try this and you feel better one way and you try that and you feel better another way. And what I've found is that it's sort of an old fashioned way of thinking, right? You eat food, mostly plants, not too much as, um, oh, what's his name that he says? I read his book, Pollen. Um, Oh my goodness. I can't even remember the name right now. But that's his saying, and that's really what we've gone back to. Okay, so wait, what is the saying? Eat plant, eat food. Uh-huh. <laughs> eat food, mostly plants. Oh yeah, not too much. Gotcha. Right. And yeah, and so you know what's funny is I know you know we've been on stages talking together um, about different topics. So I've I've heard you talk a lot about recommendations and what to eat and you know, you were the first person that I heard talk about how bad dairy is for you and how, and I remember you talking just even offstage about it. Like when we were talking, I'm like, wait, it's really bad. And now, you know, I've realized like, oh my gosh, you know, really the only person that shot dairy is like the baby cow, right? But yet dairy is in so much of our diet. And this is years ago, years ago. So fast forward, here we are. And I, I feel like, I'm just starting to wake up to just everything that is in our food supply. And it's really, like you said, it's really, you can get into it and it's, it's ugly and it's bad, but I try to focus on, okay, because it's not just me. I'm, I'm also trying to feed my kids and they are eating everything. Right. So what do you think is something that for you was like something that was a huge help and changing how you felt? Well, I think understanding what you just said, which is that everything is so over-processed, right? Yeah. So it's not necessarily, for some people, gluten is definitely poison, but for yeah. other people, it is not. Right. And to figure that out, like I said, my friend Sue, you remove everything and put stuff back in. But for just plain longevity, eating clean is the best way to do it, right? So there's what's called the dirty dozen, yeah. You can go to environmentalworkinggroup.org, ewg.org, and find out this week what like fruit and vegetables are, are being sprayed with how many different chemicals. Yeah. And so we call that the dirty dozen and the clean 15, right? So anytime, I mean, my, my biggest thing was an apple, got like 48 different pesticides and herbicides on it in its growth process and sits in refrigeration for years before it gets to the supermarket. What? Wait, wait, wait. Years? It's amazing. I And see, this is the thing. Nobody would ever know this, right? So I become- I'm like, wait, I, is that an exaggeration or is that, are you serious? I'm serious. About- Oh my God. About five years ago, I was opening a, a shop and I was selling produce. So because I'm always asking questions, and that's really what you sh- everyone should take away from this is to ask questions. Yeah. Don't just assume- that what you're getting is good. But I just happened to go down to the brand new, gorgeous produce market by the airport here in Philadelphia. Gorgeous. And I went to this organic producer and I wanted to meet him and talk to him and see how it all worked. And I was like, I'm going to get to the base of this right now. And he was so excited to show me his apple refrigeration, which was the size of a football field. And it was all apples going up about, I don't know, 50 stories high. It was insane. And I'm like, what do you do with all those apples? He's like, oh, this is just a holding place. 
And so we hold these apples here and then they get, you know, sent out to the specific vendors, right? It was, it was absolutely insane. You know, I mean, I do understand the scaling of food, so it's not something that, that threw me too much. But as I thought about it, it really did because that food is sitting there for so long and it turns. So we went and bought an, an apple just the other day at Mom's, which is where I shop a lot. And, uh, that's our local, really healthy, um, best possible place to buy food. And everything's organic, so you don't have to look and shake and move, whatever. And we got <laughs> home and it was brown inside. Yeah. And my friend was with me and, you know, we're cutting it and he was so upset. And I was like, you're lucky it's brown inside. Eat around the brown. We used to eat things that had wormholes in it. Do you remember yeah. years ago? Yes. Like you'd get an apple from my grandma had, had an apple tree and we'd get the apples and we'd cut around the wormholes. Like there was yes. never even a thought that that was a bad thing. Now right. you never see an apple like that. And if you do, you wouldn't eat it. Yeah. Right. No, God, exactly. And, and I think that that's the issue too, right? The organic food is so expensive. Um, it doesn't last. And a lot of times you get it and it's not perfect. So you're pissed because you're like, Oh my God, I just paid so much for this apple and it's not even perfect. Or for me, I'll buy organic and, and it sits. And then if they don't eat it right away, if like my family doesn't eat it, then I'm throwing it out. But I mean, I'm past all that now because I've gotten to the point where like, I really try to stick by, like you said, the dirty dozen and the clean 15. You know, I'm not, I don't need to buy organic bananas, but I, I will buy an organic. I only buy organic apples, I should say. So it, it is about, I think, but it's a process. I've been going through this, like I said, this wellness journey for many years. So I think people maybe just starting and learning about it, it might take a while until you realize how many things you should buy organic and, and, you know, where it's okay to sort of deviate from that. And not just to beat up on the, on the world of produce, but, but wheat, the idea behind wheat, the way it used to be in the like biblical times, right? Yeah. It was just this, this plant that was grown. It's kind of like hemp. It was grown and it was used for all these different uses and what they did to, mutate that gluten, that wheat. Now we are gluten is like hundreds of times more potent in one thing, whatever that thing may be. So you who don't, who doesn't eat gluten may be able to eat some kind of farro or buckwheat or something and get that mouth feel of gluten because that's not as processed. And so that's where your journey, once you get it, I mean, I'm sure you could tell everybody how interesting it is. Once you start following that path, you start to see how something makes you feel yes. and how you're, you know, how you react to it. And so then you don't want to have something else and you can start taking things out and putting things in. I mean, with kids, it's never going to be easy. It's no, just never, no. There's no chance. But my kids started really young. We never had processed junk in the house just because I was a chef. This is what I did. I had the food there and then they went off to school and the, and the little girl next to them had a white bread, peanut butter and jelly sandwich and my kids threw it out the window, right? They're like, I, I no longer want these, you know, really great quinoa salads, mom. <laughs> Give me the peanut butter and jelly. Bring it on. Yeah. Well, no, I think, um, you know, one of the things that you said about, you know, once you start figuring it out or once you do the work to figure out. What, you know, why you feel a certain way. For me, the very first thing I realized is that I needed to eliminate gluten. So I did. And so many people say to me, well, oh my gosh, isn't that so hard? 
And it really wasn't because once you realize something isn't making you feel good, it's really easy to not eat it. And, and I think that's the key. And it is hard to sort of sometimes figure out what that is for you um, going through that journey. But I have to say, just from a personal experience, I think once you start feeling great, you don't want to put something in your mouth or in your body that makes you feel like crap. So, well, we know that all disease is hmm. based in inflammation. Yeah. All inflammation is based from sugar and food. Yeah. And gluten processes in your body as sugar. And so all of our sicknesses, some way, shape or form, go back to what we put in our mouth. So you're right. It's, you know, so back to my kids, like learned about that. They may have disposed of the information, but at home they got it all the time. So now as they're older, when they don't feel well, you know, one suffers from migraines. The second she takes gluten out of her diet and dairy out of her diet and drinks a ton of water, she doesn't have a migraine. So, you know, you get that understanding when you put it into their psyche early on, even if it's just a little bit, you know, um, it's, it's just a very interesting thing, but every, every sickness is based on inflammation. Inflammation. Go ahead. No, no, you're right. It's inflammation. And I think what we don't realize is that, yes, it's, you know, gluten processes to sugar, but also the reason why all these, we have all these inflammatory markers going on in our bodies, because what we eat has chemicals in them and the pesticides, and that is all over time causing some type of inflammatory response in our body. So when you say clean eating, like what does that mean to you? Well, to me, it means anything that's not been processed, right? So okay. it's, got, it's got to have a whole food base, meat, okay. vegetables. And, and I am not a vegan, nor do I think that people should be vegans. But I do think that some people, their bodies react better to it. But, you know, I know you said early on that you had tried being a vegan for a while. And did it do well for you? Um, well, I did it for a month and I actually thought, I think, um, I didn't really feel any different, but I'll be honest with you. My blood work, um, showed that it did great things for me. So, so that, that's, that's kind of the hard part, right? I did, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I was able to really quantify it and see if it made a difference and it did. But to that point for me personally, I don't think I can live as a vegan. So, but what I'll choose is I'll choose a lot of moderation, and, you know, I, I don't, I mean, but prior to going vegan, I was having some type of meat protein, whether it's, you know, in my diet every day. And I don't now because I found other substitutions. So if I want to eat meat once a week, that's a lot different than eating it seven days a week. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think, um, you know, it's about, again, finding what works for you. Uh, so th- it, it, it made a difference. Well, it's interesting because I get a lot of people who I, I often take clients, quote unquote, more like friends that, that ask for opinion. Cause I right. love to tell it, but I often get people who go vegan and they get sick. So yeah. they don't feel good from it. Their bodies, you know, they, maybe they're an O type blood where yeah. they need more of that animal protein. But, you know, I think that the words that you're saying the best is the journey and the journey that you, each of us takes with food is really important because if we feel better, we are better, we do better, all of those things, if that's coming from not eating X, Y, or Z, you know, whatever it happens to be for you, then then we have to take a look at that seriously and consider making a change. 
I thought about you last night around three o'clock in the morning, Chrissy. Oh boy. (laughs) Because I woke up, I think for the fourth or fifth time, but this is the time I realized was three o'clock this morning in a puddle of water. (laughs) I was like, okay, okay. Don't have to do it to me a bunch of times. I guess this is menopause. And last night, I had white pasta, which I never eat. Never, ever, ever eat. And so to me, I put it together as, okay, I'll never put white pasta in my mouth again. And we don't really eat it, but I thought back to these times and I was like, like, that is exacerbating this onset of menopause. 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 So it's really interesting. So today I've been super clean. And before I go to bed tonight, I'm going to say a big prayer that I don't wake up in a pool of water. (laughs) But if I do, it will have nothing to do with the food that I've eaten because I've eaten 100% super clean today. And it's just day by day by day. Putting those things together is tough. It, it is. And and I think it is, it, to your point, it's about putting it together. And for our listeners, the reason Meredith thought about me at 3 a.m. when Sorry. she woke up in the pile, no, it, just to clarify, make sure people get it, is because we, we've had many discussions about hot flashes and I, I get terrible hot flashes and I significantly get them at night. And I mean, they are like nothing I've ever experienced before in my life and they're horrible and they suck. But I do think, again, I think they are exacerbated by food that I eat, alcohol, you know, all the above. So it doesn't mean I don't drink. It just means that I know what I'm getting myself into when I am drinking. And it's a, it's a whole different thought process than I was 10 years ago. 36 versus 46 is like night and day, (laughs) whole different person here. Um, But, but I've learned so much and I've grown so much and, you know, I'm hoping that it, all the changes that I've made are not only because to help me feel better, but they're also to help me just be healthier and, you know, live a healthier life really. Yeah. It it is, it is amazing what happens to us over time and what we've, you know, it's always like people who want to lose weight in, in a week or two, how much weight can I lose in two weeks? Well, how long did it take you to gain all that weight? Right. How long did it take you to unravel before you can re- you know, re-ravel yourself back up. Right. Um, you know, another thing that I think is really important is to understand, and again, not to sound too political, our government here allows so much more bad stuff in our food than it does in other countries, right? So, you know, we get enticed. I'm watching the Stanley Tucci searching for Italy. Have you seen that on PBS? No, I haven't. Oh, this guy goes all through Italy and eats cheese and pasta and all these beautiful things. And he talks about how he can't eat it here because yeah. there it's processed so differently. Every well, that's fascinating. Everything. It goes down to the vitamins you put in your body and the stuff that they put in it, you know, all the gums and things that are really, I mean, it's just horrible what's in the food. So I always say to people, only eat things processed that have five or less ingredients in them. That's one of my big tips. And that's a really hard thing if you go to the supermarket. But for your kids, again, if you do that and you get their snacks and things at a place that's that's got that possibility, then you're doing better for them than anything else. And it doesn't always have to be straight out of the garden for it to be perfect. But uh, there are ways to get around the bad stuff, so to speak. Yeah. And, treated equally. and I think, again, I think you 
um, told me this years ago, look for the amount of ingredients. And that is something that I have been following. And I think it's really helpful because for me, I, I can't just go straight, like grow a garden in my backyard, um, you know, raise chickens. Like I'm not, I don't have that ability. So what's helped me as a busy mom is looking at the ingredients. And I will tell you, I've been doing this for years, probably four years or more. And the amount of food at the supermarket that has less ingredients now has increased significantly over the years. It's nuts. So there are options where there it's just less, less ingredients. So they're healthier options, you know, so that, that I really appreciated that advice a long, long time ago from you. So hopefully other listeners can take that as well. Um, But I also know, so you're a vegan chef, obviously, like you said, you're not vegan, but you can cook a lot of things that are super healthy. Like what are, what is like one or two healthy dishes or healthy ingredients that like you can think of that might not be on our radar? Well, I like you mentioned farro, people know about farro, right? But like, I don't know, sometimes like I walk into a new and I see just such yummy food in the cases and everything looks so beautiful and it's all clean and it's all good for you. But like for our listeners who are not in the Philadelphia area, what, what are some things that like, I don't know, that are like maybe just something we can't, we aren't top of mind that is yummy, delicious. You know, there's so many different things. I play a lot with quinoa just because it has very little flavor and so I use that as a base instead of rice sometimes because that's a seed. Yeah. Rice, rice is affected a little bit by um, it, it's got it's it's just not the best. They strip the heck out of it to make it a white rice first of all. Um, that maybe should be the first thing we say. Anything brown is better than anything white, right? Because it's yeah. got more of the outer shell on it that has the nutrients in it. I do a ton with farro. But the one thing that we keep in the shop that I use 20 different ways are roasted vegetables. Mm, and yeah. I do that like on the begin at the beginning of a week and roast them in the house and then they go in eggs. It goes in quinoa. It goes in so many different things or it just goes by itself. I mean, last night we made for dinner, like I said, Tony made pa- this pasta that she's wanted to make because we watched that TV show. And I thought <laughs> broccoli and shallots and onions and roasted asparagus and um, zucchini and eggplant. And I, she made the pasta and I was like, all right, I'll have a little bit of pasta. And I threw a ton of those vegetables in. And that makes for the base of any meal. Farro is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things. It's not gluten-free, but yeah. it's pretty good. And amaranth is something that I recommend people trying and utilizing like like a starchy kind of thing also. Do you yeah, know? I've never mean? even heard of that. So is that gluten-free? What is amaranth? Yes, it's also another seed and you okay. amaranth, A-M-A-R-A-N-T-H. And you can buy that in bulk at mom's or now, I guess not with, with COVID, you can probably buy it in a bag at, at Whole Foods. And you cook, it's the same thing. You cook it like a rice or like a pasta and use it for that. I mean, that's the part I think about being a vegan that's really tough is you never really feel full, yeah, right? Right. You need something to sort of stick to your guts. And and these seeds and nuts, I use nuts in everything also. I make a beautiful cream cheese out of nuts. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, it's so good. 
I mean, it, it passes the test in our house because our house is, you know, we, <laughs> we don't, we, we don't get, a you little, like good tasting food. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but you can soak cashews and make a cheese out of it. And it's not difficult. I think people believe that cooking like that is really difficult and it's not, it's getting a base of something and then just rolling with it and adding. And like I said, using these vegetables, 12 different ways, putting nuts and seeds in things. I use lentils like crazy. You know, if you have clean, I mean, if you have cooked lentils in your refrigerator at all times, you can make a soup, you can make a meatloaf, you can make a salad, you can make a side dish, you can make anything. Um, and they take no time to cook and, and they have no flavor with, without the love that you put into it. You know, so um, I don't think anything, I really believe that everybody's heard of everything these days because we are at the tipping point of where, you know, it's just, it's easy to find now. We weren't able to find this kind of food before. So Anu was really popular because I sort of had already worked with all of these things for so many years, but now not so much. But if you start with clean, good ingredients, just like with anything, you will be able to come out with a good pro- a good product at the end. And it's not difficult. Oh, I know what my favorite trick is. I have cooked spaghetti squash in my refrigerator all the time. Uh, yeah. And I, you pick out a good five ingredient or less yeah. spaghetti sauce in a jar, which is super easy to do these days. You know, there's all these small batch ones, whatever. So good. Yep. So I can have spaghetti any day of the week. And I don't even think twice about it anymore as it being spaghetti squash. Right. Right. Totally. I, I love that too. I, I have found a lot of really great pastas, quote unquote, um, like that there's a hearts of palm pasta um, that I think is pretty good. I love spaghetti squash. And you do really feel like you're eating like a hearty meal when mm-hmm. you get that tomato sauce on it and, and the pasta. It's, it's so good. Um, so I, I think that's an awesome recommendation. Okay. One last question. So what you also play with so many vegetables and I'm pretty like boring with my vegetables, like as a mom, I'm like broccoli, asparagus, carrots. Um, is there, are there any vegetables that you're like really like into that I like wouldn't know about that I should be roasting or cooking? Well, you know, the roasting of vegetables you can do for anything, really anything. Anything. Uh, My newest kick, because I've been reading so much on leafy greens and I'm not a leafy green lover. Like I am buying Swiss chard, right? Well, oh, right now okay. it's great. And you take out that center vein and mm-hmm. then I roll it like you do a, a piece of basil, like when you make um, a chiffonade of something. So I just slice it really, really, really thin because I don't really love the taste of it. Okay. I saute that in soups, in pasta dishes, in um, what else? I can... Oh, I put that in with cauliflower rice. So I, we do taco oh. Tuesday every Tuesday night. Yeah. And I don't really like, I don't, I tr- I'm like you, I don't try to eat, I don't eat the meat all the time and I don't really want the rice and all that kind of stuff. So I get cauliflower rice, which is like, that is the thing this year. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And I make out of the cauliflower rice, I sort of make a bowl that is, you just literally saute the Swiss chard in garlic and oil and um, put in the cauliflower and then put in just like one of those healthy packs, not not a regular pack of taco seasoning. <laughs> There's a healthy pack, yeah. again, at one of those stores that doesn't have any of the caking, you know, ingredients and all of those chemicals in it. 
And I put that in and I feel like I'm eating tacos right alongside of everybody else. And I love it. So I'm really eating a Swiss chard cauliflower rice bowl, but it tastes and looks like everybody else's taco. Right. So it's, it's awesome. That is so great. And I, as you were talking about the cauliflower rice, that quote came to, or it's a meme or something that came to mind that says, if cauliflower can be a pizza, you can be anything. (laughs) It's it's so great. Oh my gosh. So true. And so funny. Cauliflower is used for everything now. Everything. And it's awesome. And it tastes so great. So it's like, why not? You know, it's like, why not? Oh my gosh. Well, Meredith, thank you so, so very much for being here today. I, as always, like literally every time I talk to you, I learn something, which is amazing. And uh, for all my listeners who are hearing you for the first time, I'm sure they will learn so much. And so Meredith has a new uh, cafe and catering uh, in Berwyn, Pennsylvania. So you can check that out. And they're a newcatering.com, I believe, right? Is that your Um, website? Yes, a new catering.com. Yeah. Yes, yeah. all the brands are under that. Yeah, all the brands are under that. And, um, you know, basically anywhere in the Philadelphia area, you can access Meredith and Anu and her delicious, amazing recipes. But you also have a book as well. So, t- what is the name of the book? The book is called, it's just A New Kitchen from new Our kitchen. kitchen to Your Table. There you go. That's something we always, that was always sort of that. And our tagline was always comfort food made healthy. And um, it's a lot of recipes from Anu. And you soon can find me in South Jersey as uh, we're coming to South Jersey this summer with an Anu brand. So we'll be able to feed people who aren't here in Philadelphia alone anymore. I love it. I love it. Coming to the South Jersey at the Jersey Shore, right? Yes. Ah! It's going to be amazing. So, so much to look forward to. We will make sure we have um, your website and everything linked in your, our bio so that people can find it in the show notes. But I just want to thank you so much again for sharing your expertise, um, always for your candid storytelling. And <laughs> I think you're just doing amazing things. And I'm so grateful for all that you do because boy, do I love coming to a new and picking up all these delicious recipes. Thanks, Chrissy. I appreciate you and being here and getting out to all your warriors. It's super fun. And I'm here if anybody has any questions, because I love giving my opinion about food. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, guys. So um, thanks for listening to this episode. If you have any questions, you can always comment. And don't forget to hit follow on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review because Meredith and I would love to hear what you think about the episode. And we'll be back next week with another awesome Suburban Warrior story to share with you. Talk to you guys next week.